evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. Please stand with me. Let's turn to page 301. Page number 301, Redeemed. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse together tonight. Verses 1, 2, and 4, page number 301. Sing it out on the first. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus. No language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of His presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. I know I shall see in His beauty the King in His light. sing verse 3. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and Amen. Great singing. Good start tonight. Amen. Well, thanks for stalling, Brother Eric. So I'm telling you, I'm a little out of sorts, man. I got everything done and came in and sat down and went, wait a minute, where's my message? So rookie mistakes, amen, after 15 or 20 years, amen. So, But glad to be in God's house tonight, amen. And it is the oasis uh, in the desert, and so thankful tonight. Looking forward to uh, diving back into the Word of God on Wednesday uh, nights. Uh, Brother Luke Quinlan was actually scheduled to preach uh, tonight, but he had his uh, uh, foot uh, worked on uh, yesterday. They didn't amputate, amen. Uh, he just lost a toenail and sent me a picture this afternoon, which I could have done without, amen. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, he is recovering from that, and I said, man, I don't, I, I don't want, I don't like guys preaching with just a sock on in the pulpit, amen. Uh, no, I did want to get, get make sure that he, he had plenty of time to heal, and so he's actually going to heal up and then teach our adult uh, Sunday school class Sunday morning, and so he has been studying and preparing, and so listen, you got a gun full of bullets, you got to shoot it, amen, and so uh, we'll let him uh, teach our Sunday school class Sunday morning, and so tonight we're going to start our pastoral epistles, and, and looking forward to uh, First Timothy, and pray that it will be a blessing uh, to you tonight. So let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing uh, on our services tonight. Brother Matt Whitney, would you open us in prayer?
Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? And did just want to mention a few announcements. Of course, again, do appreciate Brother Ben uh, Quinlan uh, preaching Sunday morning, and I uh, heard that it was very, very timely messages. And so, praise the Lord uh, for that. And uh, so, uh, uh, thankful for that. And we had, appreciate you praying for us as we had. Uh, we, we were certainly blessed to be with uh, Berean Baptist Church over the weekend, or kind of a, what we would call our sending church, and uh, thankful uh, for that, uh, and thankful for Brother Ben uh, being here. I uh, did just want to mention a few things. Of course, tomorrow night, August the 10th, uh, if you are involved in Faith Baptist School, we will be having a faculty meeting, and so that will be at 6 o'clock down uh, stairs in the school. And so those that are working in that, please make sure that you are here uh, for that. And then, of course, this coming Saturday, August the 12th, will be our church-wide outreach, and that'll be at 11.30, or I'm sorry, 10.30 in the morning over uh, in the fellowship hall, be meeting and then heading out uh, from there. And then, of course, uh, this coming Sunday, be a regular uh, Sunday, and I'm excited about normal, amen, as the summer is winding down. But then Monday, uh-oh, uh, school starts, amen, and so Faith Baptist School will be starting. That'll be Monday uh, morning. That'll be at 8.30 uh, in the morning getting started. And, of course, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday be all uh, half days. And then, of course, Thursday the 17th we will start uh, full days. And then also wanted to mention this, August the 20th uh, we will be hosting uh, missionary Jonathan Switzer. And so he will be here with us. He will be uh, presenting in the Sunday school time, so we'll have combined uh, Sunday school classes with the adults and even the young people, the teens are invited uh, to come up. I will be preaching that Sunday morning, and then Brother Switzer will be preaching uh, in the evening service uh, that Sunday uh, night. And then uh, Tuesday, August the 22nd, is the ladies' meeting. And so again, summer is over. We start our ladies' meetings back up, and so ladies, make sure that you are aware of that. And then I was also told that it is the soup and salad meeting, whatever that is, amen. And uh, I am a man, and if you said something about bacon or meat, I would understand this, but soup and salad, all right? So make sure that you bring soup and salad, ladies, for that. And again, that I believe it's at 7 o'clock uh, that Tuesday uh, night. And then uh, Tuesday, or uh, Thursday, rather, the 24th, is the Faith Baptist School Parent Orientation and then lastly, August the 27th, which is on a Sunday, uh, Brother Dave Hardy is going to be here. He'll be preaching in the evening service uh, that uh, night, and then there'll be a linger longer uh, to follow. And uh, so those are the things coming up here in the month of August, and looking forward to a great month in the Lord. Amen? All right. If you got your prayer list uh, tonight, and also want to mention this, we do have the bulletins up for the month of August, and so if you didn't get one, make sure that you get uh, one of those. All right, if you get your prayer list tonight, let's go ahead and get one of those uh, out. And, uh, and uh, man, good to see you. You all right? You doing okay? Survive physical therapy? Amen. So, Miss Christy uh, Wisdom, do continue to pray for her. Uh, thankful she's recovering from her knee surgery, and that's a blessing. Uh, of course, I mentioned uh, Luke Quinlan, and uh, if you would c certainly pray for him. Also, Miss Jenny Carpenter, our missionary to Ecuador, is on our prayer list with a broken foot, and I know that they're having camp this week, and we certainly need to remember her in prayer. And then certainly, th there's just a host of, of people on here we need to continue to pray for with different health issues and things like that. Good to see Miss Ginger Sexton back there, and do continue to pray for her and Brother Gene, and also Brother Roy uh, McRae. 
and uh, certainly pray for, uh, continue to pray for the Hodges family for bereavement as well as the uh, Sexton family. Uh, do pray for our school as it's getting started uh, back up. I know we would appreciate uh, that. And then also have two that we need to add tonight on our prayer list. One of those is a little fellow by the name of Kip Sorello. And you actually spell that C-E-R-U-U-L-O. And I will certainly uh, have that on the prayer list updated next week. But that is Brother Gary Clark's uh, great nephew, I believe it is, and a little 17-month-old uh, that's in their family, is in the hospital and dealing with some lung issues. He's had, uh, he's had COVID-19, uh, he's had pneumonia and some other things. And so if you would uh, just pray uh, for him as they're trying to treat that and deal with that. And then also uh, Colton um, asked if we would get him uh, back on the prayer list. And so let's add Colton uh, Kirk. He finally got some news on his heart. Uh, it wasn't uh, the best news, and so if you would pray for him as uh, they're looking for some answers and things like that. And so we'll add him on there. Anybody tonight have an update or a prayer request or anything like that? Okay, Miss Candy? Okay. And you said, what, what was that? Where was that at? Okay. Okay, so he passed away. Okay. All right, so we can take him off and certainly pray for the family there. All right, Miss Barbara? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's pray for her. And uh, so it's spread there, and so let's remember that in prayer. That's uh, Miss Karen uh, Valier. Okay, Brother Will? Yes, sir. Okay. He did call on the Lord last week. Praise the Lord. How about that? Amen. So praise the Lord. We can take him off for salvation. That is a glory hallelujah right there, man. That's a blessing. I've been praying for that guy. So that's awesome. Praise the Lord. All right. So we can rejoice in his salvation, uh, but do certainly pray for the, the physical there. But thank the Lord if anything happens, well, he will be healed. Amen. Eventually. So that's a glory. Hallelujah. Anybody else tonight have a prayer request or an update or anything like that? All right. Let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight. <clears throat> and certainly remember these in prayer. Miss Karen Valier. And Brother Eddie Kelly, that's a glory hallelujah. And uh, so remember them in prayer. And also Colton and Kip, this old fella. And uh, we pray for uh, the Ellis family, amen, for a house. That would be a glory hallelujah there. Brother John, won't you pray for us uh, tonight?
Would you stand with me one last time? Let's turn to page 298. Page number 298. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. We'll sing all three verses together tonight. Page 298. Sing it out on the first. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling. He made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled. Please remain standing. Go ahead and get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. Amen. Well, take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy. The book of 1 Timothy tonight. And as already mentioned, we are going to be starting the pastoral epistles tonight. And of course, these are made up of 1 and 2 Timothy and then also... Uh, the book of Titus. If you know anything about these books, then, then you certainly would know this, that they give us what we would call the bedrock of church polity. 
All right, and you might say, well, what is church polity? Well, that's basically how a church is to govern itself, to handle uh, its business and things like that. And so uh, these give us the bedrock uh, for that. It's kind of like what Paul told Titus when he sent them there to Crete to the slow bellies. He said this, you're to go there and to set things in order. Well, here's why. Because God is a God of order. All right, and so you understand that's the idea there, all right, but, but here's what we're going to get into tonight, and, and this is completely, if I could say it like this, when it comes to First and Second Timothy and, and setting things in order and all of that stuff and church polity, this is completely on the opposite end of the spectrum of that, all right, so let's look at verse number one tonight of First Timothy in chapter number one. Look at verse number one. It says, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. And notice this, unto Timothy, mine own son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now here's why he says that. Because he desires the best for young Timothy. Which is really what every preacher should desire, whether it be for those that are training in the ministry or, or even those that are in the flock of God. You want, what, you want the best for God's people. And really, we, I know this, God, God wants the best for His people as well. Now, what His best is and what your best is may not always line up together, but that's because we need to get our hearts right with God. So this is what we're going to look at uh, tonight. Though there is much doctrine to discuss throughout these books, business in the ministry to sort out, Paul and Timothy remind us that ministry, it's also about investing in people. It's about investing with people. It's, about, uh, it's also about receiving in those investments so that we can be used in a greater way for God. And this is really captured right here in this phrase, mine own son in the faith. And the key word here is faith. Faith, listen to this tonight. Faith isn't meant to be something private or secret. I remember door knocking one time and then running into a guy and he said, well, my faith is, that's a private matter. Listen, that's not, not according to the Bible, it's not. That, that's not at all. Rather, it's meant, it's meant to manifest itself in our life. It's meant to be poured into those around. And by the way, it's meant to be received so that we can, we can be saved and we can grow in our own faith and be used in a mighty way. And so Paul shows us tonight the importance of investing in the next generation, especially that of preachers. Because here's what I know, they need help. I need help. Some of you are like, yeah, but not the kind of help you're thinking, amen. No, they need help, they need guidance, especially young men. They need advice, they need counsel, they need encouraged, they need invested in. But here's the thing, Timothy also shows us our need to receive those things. That we need to be taught, that we need to be helped, that we need to be guided. So here's what I titled the message tonight. What, what are you doing with your faith? L listen, do you have it? Do you know Christ as your Savior? And if you do... What are you doing uh, with it? You need the right source. Paul was an apostle. But then you need to turn around and invest it in others 
as well. Father, would you bless the preaching now, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? Now, I don't know if your brain works like mine, and if it does, that might cause people to question, amen. Uh, But any time I know this, that you begin to mention things like investing or or something along those lines, people usually tend to think about things like money or or the stock market or their 401k, mutual fund, whatever you want to throw uh, out there. But what you and I must need, what, what, what you and I must be reminded of tonight is that as God's people, Listen, we have, thing, we have something far greater to invest in. Those kind of things like money, that, that is temporal, but you and I are pilgrims just passing through, if you're saved tonight. All right? And so we have something, listen, we have something far greater to invest in, uh, the investment of faith in Christ that leads to returns which are eternal and, and those kind of things. In the, this is what I was thinking about. Uh, as I was looking at this, in the past two months, I have had the privilege to preach in two churches outside of Faith Baptist Church that have had a tremendous impact on my life and on my family uh, in, while we were on uh, vacation in July. Uh, the pastor, my father-in-law, the one that led me to Christ, asked me if I would preach uh, there at Victory Bible Baptist Church in Pensacola, uh, Florida. That is where that is where I got saved at, and that is where God called me to preach at. That is where that is where Natalie and I got married at in that in that building back when they had the old wood paneling. Amen. That was back in the heyday. Amen. Uh, and I and I I really I am very thankful when I look back on my time there and those kind of things. I'm very grateful uh, that my father-in-law uh, was very patient. Uh, with me, loved me, showed me from the scriptures how to be saved, and I got saved. Praise God! I'm I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful that my wife's grandfather he was our he was our pastor, and he too was very patient with me as a new believer and high strung, and was very uh, patient with me and also faithful to the things of God. And then when God called me to preach, and we moved to. Uh, Springfield, Missouri. I'm very thankful that God uh, brought us to Berean Baptist Church, and it was Pastor Abel's that that has had a tremendous impact on my life and trained me uh, in the ministry and all of those things. Listen, I I could sit here all night and tell you stories, many, many of which you have already heard, but what I'm saying to you is this. I am thankful for the good, godly men the Lord placed in my life that took their time, that had patience with me, that invested in me. But on the other side of that, it was also my responsibility to take those things in and to grow in my faith and even get to a place in my life where I could turn around and invest in the lives of those that God has put around me. Is that making sense with you tonight? You, you all right tonight? Did, you came in here expecting Luke Quinlan and you're stuck with me tonight, I know, but I'm just saying. You, you all right tonight? No, I'm just, I'm just saying to you that, that that's kind of, listen, why, that, that's exactly what I see when I look at Paul and Timothy and when I see where Paul addresses him as my own son in the faith. You, you understand, it's the idea of Paul investing in Timothy 
And then, and, and Timothy is supposed to receive that investment in. And then he is to turn around and invest it into those around them. Listen, you can flip over there tonight. But why do you think it is that Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, in verse number 2, here's what he says. He says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Did you, did you not get that? That here is Paul, and he is pouring himself into Timothy, and Timothy is to receive it in, and then turn around and invest it into other men around him to, to, commit it, uh, the, to, to commit those things to faithful men around him. And you understand, this is to continue on and to continue on and to continue on until the Lord Jesus Christ comes. That's what is supposed to happen. And so you understand, friend, that, that's the idea. That's the principle. That, that's what, what you see, well, at least what I see when I read 1 Timothy in chapter number 1 and, and 2 there where Paul uh, begins, to, begins to lay it out and says, I'm an apostle by the commandment of, our, uh, of God and, uh, and of our Savior, but then to Timothy, mine own son in the faith. Timothy, I'm about to get ready to invest some things in you and you need to receive those things in and then turn around and invest those things into other people. So, so let, me, let me just give you some things tonight from our text. Well, one of those would be this. So it's, again, it's the idea of spiritually investing, right? Our, our faith and what we're supposed to do with it. Well, here's what I would say to you tonight. When it comes to spiritual investing, whether it be giving or receiving you must always consider the source. You must always consider the source. Well, well, here's the reason I say this is because you can't, listen, you can't take a bunch of rotten apples and shove them in a pie crust and then into the oven and expect a delicious apple pie to come out. It's not going to work that way. I'm just, I'm just saying to you because i got apple pie on my mind. But you, you understand, it's no different with faith than doctrine. Come on, friend, that's why Paul, you understand, that's why Paul is sending uh, young Timothy to the church at Ephesus. Look at verse number 3. It says, And as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, well, now watch this, that thou, mightest teach, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so, so do. And so really right there gives you kind of the purpose and the intent of the letter here of 1 Timothy. It's, it's about establishing sound doctrine. That's why Paul is sending uh, Timothy here to the church at Ephesus. It's to confront false doctrine and fables and foolish genealogies and I like the word that he uses later on, vain jangling. That's just a great word right there, a great phrase right there. And, and to give, and what the idea is to give them sound doctrine. The word, listen, if you study it out, the word doctrine is found uh, something like eight times throughout this little epistle right here. And be a fact, if you look at verse number 10, he says, For whoremongers, uh, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to, and what is that phrase right there? Sound doctrine. 
Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. You're going to hear that word a lot when we preach through 1 Timothy. Because you know what sound is? Sound is this, healthy. It's healthy. It's healthy. And listen, you know, you know why he's sending Timothy to the church at Ephesus? It is because sound doctrine is healthy doctrine, and healthy doctrine produces healthy churches and healthy individual believers. That's what sound doctrine does. In other words, but here's the point. Please catch this. Source matters. Come on, source matters. What you put in matters. You want healthy, then put in healthy. And I'm not just talking about your physical diet and laying off the potato chips and the junk food, preaching to myself a little bit right now. But, but you understand, you can't take those things in and expect a good return. And it's the same way when it comes to faith and when it comes to doctrine. And I mentioned earlier about how grateful I am that, that God, I, I, listen, I look back and I, I, I am. I, I, can't, I can't sit here all night and tell you things that just the, the way that the hand of God was on different things, but I'm so grateful God put good men around me. I'm thankful that when I had questions, they gave me, they gave me sound doctrine. They gave me healthy doctrine from, from the Bible. I, I'm very grateful that when I had questions, that there were good men that put good books in my hand. And here's why I'm thankful. Because I have seen other young men get bad books and bad counsel. And it became a setback and sent them in the wrong direction rather than having healthy, sound doctrine in their life and in their ministry. You understand what I'm saying to you? That source matters, doesn't it? It, it matters. And this is why, please catch this, this is why the Apostle Paul starts the way that he starts in verse number 1 when he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. He was not a self-proclaimed apostle. He was called and commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Thus making Him qualified, listen to this, thus making Him qualified and a worthy source of investment in Timothy's life. Please, please listen to this tonight. If you don't get anything else, you need to listen to this. There are all kinds of voices out there in the world today. And every one of them have a doctrine. Every one of them have a doctrine. And most of them are wrong. Most of them are unhealthy. They are unsound. They are not biblical. You've got YouTube and social media and podcasts and radio and religion and books. And I'm not even listed people. And, and you understand, the list, really, the list could go on and on. But here's the thing. If your source cannot go back to Jesus Christ and His Word, you are on dangerous ground. You're on dangerous ground. And please listen to this. And it is not worthy of you lending it your ear nor your heart. It's not worthy of it. You understand, that's why Paul is starting out with, hey, this is Paul, the apostle 
of, of Christ, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God. And here's the thing that you got to think about tonight. And you got you to grab a hold of these things when we're talking about all of this. And I want you to think about this. Both Paul and Timothy, both of their salvation was sourced in Jesus Christ and His Word. Both of them. I mean, listen, listen that, that's where faith starts, isn't it? With salvation. And both of them were sourced in the Lord Jesus Christ. You think about Paul. And, and many of us know the story, and, and I'm not going to go back tonight and backtrack all of that stuff, but you can go back to Acts chapter 9, and when he was called Saul before he became Paul, and he was on the road to Damascus and going there to persecute those believers that were there, and on the way, the Lord Jesus Christ shows up, and Saul falls on his face and says, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? You know what that means? When he said, Lord, that means this, he got saved. Now, please catch this. Now, Saul wasn't baptized then. He wasn't, he wasn't a member of a church. He hadn't had communion. He didn't do any confession. He didn't get any confirmation. He didn't do anything under the sun but acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. By faith in his own heart at that very moment, he didn't repeat one, two, three after me, didn't do any of those things that are among American Christendom today. He simply bowed his face and bowed his heart and knew that Jesus Christ died for him, was buried three days, and rose again on the third day. And he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? That's all he did. That's how Saul became Paul. And, and the thing about Saul's testimony, or Paul's testimony, however you want to put it, is that it's a tremendous reminder that it doesn't matter what you've done or who you are. You, can, you too can be saved and used mightily of God. I mean, listen, Saul was on his way to Damascus to persecute those uh, 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 for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He had testified against people, had them put to death, but yet God saw fit to save his soul and to use him for his honor and his glory. And my friend, if Saul can get saved, if Paul can get saved, then you and I can be saved. And we can be forgiven of our sin. But I'll tell you something else. So too was Timothy. His source, listen, his source, his source of faith, and it began with salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the Word of God. It certainly did. What, what, it, what, it, what does it say? Oh, come on, friend, turn there in 2 Timothy 1.5. Let's look at some of these verses here. What does it say? You've got to know Timothy. We're going to preach about him. You've got to know who he is. Here's where it started. In 2 Timothy 1, 5, Paul talking about this. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in, he, that in thee also. Both Timothy's grandmother and mother were saved. If you go back to Acts chapter 16, and you don't have to for time's sake, I want you to stay there in 2 Timothy, but you can go back tonight and study it, but in 2 Timothy, or I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 16, it says that his dad was a Greek, and the way that it's worded seems to suggest that his dad may have been lost. But even though Timothy's dad may have been lost or even out of the picture, he had a grandmother and a mother that really walked with God. The word unfeigned right here, you know what that means? That means this, not fake. It means they were real. They, listen, it means their faith was real. It means they were praying women. It means they went to church when the doors were open. It means they were in the Word. And they taught Timothy when he was a little fellow. 
The effect in 2 Timothy 3.15, you can flip over there. I want you to see this verse. Look at what it says right here in 2 Timothy 3.15, what Paul says about it. Paul knew who he was. He knew his background. And he says this, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Timothy, he came up in junior church. Amen. He's one of them little fellows on the second row there in vacation Bible school. I'm just telling you. You think I'm crazy. And Timothy's, listen, you, you know, when you look at Timothy's testimony, this is what I thought about. Timothy's testimony reminds us as parents that one of the greatest things you can do is spiritually invest in your children. That's one of the greatest things you can do. Someone once said, the only thing you can take from this world with you to heaven is your children. Come on, friend, you awake tonight? Is anybody getting this? Why is it getting so quiet in here? Let me help you with this tonight. Teach them the Bible. Teach those kids the Bible. Give them the Word of God. Stop letting the television and the electronic devices do the babysitting. Stop letting Disney indoctrinate them. Give them sound doctrine from the Word of God. And here's something else. Be a living example of that faith in front of them, no matter your circumstances. Even even the faith of a single parent can have a tremendous impact as it did on Timothy's life. He had his grandmother and his mother and their real faith. And if there's anything that I could say to you tonight, it's this. Be real. Genuinely walk with God. And demonstrate that to your kids. Show up. Be faithful. Walk with God. Say amen when the preaching's going forth. Respond to the altar every now and then. Let them see you be spiritual. Well, you know, preacher, I don't agree with all that. I'm just going to tell them. Yeah, go ahead. See how that works. Because I'll promise you this. They're going to do what you do, not what you tell them to do. When it's all said and done. And it, listen, it can get quiet in here if it wants to, but I really don't care. Because I'm telling you, that's why we're losing these generations. It's because they watch mama and daddy come into the house of God and act one way and then go home and live another way. And then, they, and then we wonder, well, I can't figure out why my kids don't like church and they're not any spiritual and they don't care. Here's why. It's probably because we're not spiritual. Friend, you want them to genuinely love God and walk with God and have a heart for God, then why don't we do those things? And here's the other thing. Timothy's testimony reminds the younger generation that you don't have to have the background of evil to be used mightily of God. You don't have to run out and sow some wild oats so that, well, you know, I need to better relate to people. No, there's a tremendous amount of baggage that comes with that. Don't go that route. Just submit your life unto God and let Him use you in a mighty way. Man, this past weekend we were at Berean and got to see some dear friends of ours we hadn't seen in, in, in quite a few years. Butch and Angie Shrope, they're missionaries, they're family to Australia. The last time we saw them, all their kids were this big. Now all their kids are that big. And we had a blast getting to see them and, and visit with them. So grateful. And I remember one of the first times Brother Butch preached and I heard him preach there at Berean Baptist Church. And he said this, he got up and he said this, when I was a kid I had a drug problem. And I went, whoa. And he goes, my mom and daddy drug me to church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. 
And I went, that's a good kind of drug problem to have right there. First time I heard that. Listen, the God, they haven't gone off into the world, lived wickedly and all of those things, but yet they're over there planting a Bible-believing Baptist church in Western Australia, and God's using them in a mighty way. All because, all because he got around some Pauls in the faith and let them pour himself in. Now he's going to be used of, him, used of God. Let me, let me give you something else here, too. You see, not only was their salvation source, their faith source in Christ and His Word, both of them give that testimony in the Scriptures, but something else to note is this, is that Paul was also a credible source as an apostle. Look at verse number 1 again. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. And again, Paul would get saved on, on, in Acts chapter 9 on the road to Damascus, but we also know that God had more in store for him. He called him to be an apostle by the commandment of God, our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. After his salvation, Jesus would give this message to Ananias there in Acts chapter 9 and verses 15 and 16. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I think probably most people know this tonight, but not everybody, those that have certainly been here at Faith Baptist Church and heard me dealing with this subject, but many of us would understand tonight that in order to be an apostle, you must have seen the resurrected Savior. You You understand? That's one of the qualifications mentioned in Acts chapter 1 at the very first business meeting that the church of Jerusalem had when they were electing a man to fill Judas Iscariot's place. They had to have seen the resurrected Savior. That, that's what the word apostle means. It means to witness. Witness what? Witness the empty tomb and the risen Savior. And so Paul saw that in Acts chapter 9. And this calling on Paul by the Lord Jesus Christ, it gives him the authority to say what he says in verse number 1. But here's the thing, it makes him a credible source for faith and sound doctrine in Timothy's life. Please listen to this tonight. It's why the letter starts out the way that it does. If Timothy is to establish sound doctrine in Ephesus, then his source has to be credible. And it is. It comes from Paul, who is an apostle called directly by the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> so here's the point. If we're going to have faith and we're going to allow it to be a credible source, then why would we listen to some wackadoo today who claims to be an apostle? You can get mad at me if you want to, but I'm just telling you. He's not seen the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, or she, or any of the nonsense that goes on in American Christianity. Well, they're an apostle. They haven't seen the resurrected Christ. Well, I just, I had this dream one night. Yeah, well, you got to quit eating Taco Bell after 9 o'clock. Or 5 o'clock for that matter, or any time of the day. Why would you want to eat that? Go with, go with a chili dog from Sonic. That'll help you. No, they've not, they've, not had the, they've not met the biblical qualifications. And also consider this. Please catch this. Please listen to this. Though the apostles are dead, they still speaketh. 
We have the inspired and errant, perfect and preserved Word of God in the authorized King James Version of the Bible. And each epistle was pinned down by those who had personal contact, most of which were apostles who received this calling, had personal contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. These are first-hand accounts. Listen to this. These are first-hand accounts of what Jesus Christ said and did. So why would I care what the Pope has to say? Or the church fathers? Or some other writings? Or the Watchtower magazine? Or another New Testament? Why would I worry about any of those things when I have first-hand accounts right here? No, I'm, I'm just challenging the logic. Because everybody, listen, I, I'm just telling you, we want somebody to invest in us and give us sound doctrine. We better consider the source. Hello? And I'm just saying to you, that, that's why the letter starts out the way that it does, is because Paul is establishing the source. The source is Jesus Christ and His commandments and His Word, period. So you must be saved by Jesus Christ and His Word. But then, listen to this, any investing that is allowed into your life, it should run filtered through right, there, right here. should be filtered through that. But let me give you the second thing tonight, and I've only got two points. Good news. Verse 2. Unto Timothy, mine own son in the faith, Grace, mercy, peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so what does this have to do with this? Well, here's, here's the thing. Once the source is credible and validated, there needs to be an investing. And, and by the way, both receiving and giving. That's what's meant by this term of endearment to Timothy, mine own son in the faith. It expresses the relationship and the investing that took place between Paul and Timothy. Paul the apostle, Timothy the apprentice, Paul the aged, Timothy the young, Paul the, Paul, Paul the experienced, and Timothy the inexperienced. And without the giving and receiving and investments and influence, to be honest with you, we wouldn't have these two epistles. And so again, looking at this, let me, let me give you some things from both of their, of their lives. The, the, source, the source has been established as credible. But let me give you some things regarding this investing. The Apostle Paul, I want you to think about this. He had to get past some things in order to invest in young Timothy's life. I, I don't know if you realize this or not, but, but Timothy wasn't the first to be invested in by Paul. You go back and study it out when Paul and Barnabas answered the call in Acts chapter 13 by the Holy Ghost to go on their very first mission journey. Paul and Barnabas set out and they took a young man with them by the name of John Mark. Things got a little dicey in spiritual warfare and John Mark said, you know, fellas, I'm out. And went back and quit. And so be a fact, they came back from their first missionary journey, spent a little time, reported to their home church there, in Antioch, and then Barnabas, or Paul went to Barnabas and said, you know what, let's go out, visit our brethren again, see how they're doing. And Barnabas said, all right, but let's take John Mark with us again. And Paul said, no. He's a quitter, and not everybody gets a trophy in ministry. 
I'm not taking him. And Barnabas said, come on, man, let's give him a second chance. And Bar- Paul said, no. And there was a great divide between them. And so Barnabas and John Mark went off, and, and Paul took Silas. And so they went out. And then that's when they went in Acts chapter 16 to Derb and Lystra and ran into young Timothy. And Paul said, I want a background check and some blood drawn and make sure you're okay. And I believe it was the men in Lystra that said, he'd be all right. It's all there in the Greek. The relationship that Paul had with Timothy reminds us, listen to this, that not everyone we invest in will receive it. But there are some that will. And we, listen to this, and we can't let those who do not discourage us from investing in those who will. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on the fruit of investing. Listen, you know this tonight. Not everyone's going to receive the gospel that you witness to. But that doesn't mean that you close yourself off and become a hermit and no longer witness. No, friend. You knock the dust off your shoes and move on to the next individual. We're called to sow and water, and the results are up to God on the increase. But the same principle, listen, the same principle carries over even when it comes to things like ministry. I don't know that I've ever told you this, but we had a young man surrender to preach when I was in Casper. I was so excited. I said, man, I got my first Timothy. I've been praying for this for like eight years or nine years. I don't remember how long I'd been praying. And a young man surrendered to preach, answered the call to preach. Was thrilled to death and man, anticipating great things. And, and, and what happened was this. He started making some bad decisions. And I was kind of counseling him, giving him some advice on some things, but <clears throat> tried to help him in some things, but he started making some poor decisions. The one good decision was he married a wonderful young lady. But then when it came time and he graduated high school, he chose to go into the military instead of Bible college and follow God's calling on his life. And he got into the military and got around the wrong crowd and was deeply influenced in wickedness. He destroyed his marriage, got far away from God, and now he's not even in church. And it's a bummer. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. It breaks, he's still on my prayer list and I pray for him every week and it hurts every time I pray for him. It hurts. But I, I, can't, I can't get let that get me discouraged and then close myself off from investing in other young men. Do you, do you realize, had I done that, I'd, I'd, have never met, I'd, I'd have never met Jack Parker. And we wouldn't be sending him out as a missionary to Japan. Or, 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 to, or to sit down and, 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 and help Luke Quinlan or Cody Watson or, or Luke Stewart or Ethan Whitney or even guys like Ben Quinlan or Robert Collison and got to preach their, uh, do their ordination for them. I'd have never, listen, I'd, I'd have never got to experience those things. And by the way, yeah, I'm praying that that list keeps growing. Very much so. 
But I'm just saying to you, listen, I get it. I get it tonight. Ministry is people, and sometimes investing in people can hurt. But you also got to keep in mind that there may be that kid on the bus that needs your investment. And there may be that kid in the Sunday school class that could end up being a pastor somewhere because of your investment. He might be the pastor here one day. Preacher, you don't understand. He's running down the walls with two Sharpies in each hand like Joshua Kennedy is. Marking out the wall. Yeah, but he might be the pastor one day. I'm just telling you. You don't listen. Uh, so here's, let me encourage you with this tonight. So here's what you do. You love on them. You pray for them. You serve them. You encourage them. You invest in them. Well, they're just not receiving it. That's okay. Keep, keep investing. Keep helping. Keep loving. But here's the, second, here's the second thing. See, from Timothy's perspective, we learn this. We ought to be grateful for those that have invested in us. And continue to receive it. Hey, listen, if you're, if you're in here tonight and you're young like Timothy, let me help you with this. You don't know it all. You don't. And I know, you're going to go, I know, preacher, I don't know it all. But you act like you do, so stop it. But you really don't. You don't know it all. And you may think you do, but you don't. And one of the greatest things that you could do, listen, in all seriousness, one of the greatest things that you could do is humble yourself and to receive in those that are trying to love on you and invest in you, to help you in your faith. Someone rightly said, when I was young, I thought I knew all the answers, and now that I'm older, I don't even know the question. And that's true. And I, listen, I'm about to turn 48 years old this month, and I can tell you this, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I still sit down with my pastor. I sat down with him Monday morning, him and his wife, and, and had breakfast together, and I still glean. And I'm still reminded why God gave me two ears and one mouth. You don't know that. It means you listen twice as much as you talk. And it would help you. Open yourself up. And let others invest in you and help you. But also this, open yourself up and invest in others. Let me ask you tonight. Number one, it starts with the source of Jesus Christ and having faith in Him and knowing Him as your Savior. That's what Paul had and that's what Timothy had. And it's sourced in the Word of God, the Apostle. So let me ask you this tonight. Number one, do you have faith? Do you know Christ as your Savior? But if you do tonight, if you don't, you need to be saved tonight. But if you do tonight, then let me ask you this. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? you just kind of coming in here and out and punching the time clock and no big deal. Folks, do you not realize why we're here? That's why we're here as a church, to glorify Christ. Well, how? By seeing people saved? By seeing people trained for the ministry? You know what that means? That means investing. That's why we're here. And I'm just telling you, this relationship tonight so challenged me on that. And I want to challenge you on this tonight. If you've got faith in Christ, do something with it. Invested in other people, help other, love other people, minister to other people, witness to other people, talk to people about the Savior, and let other people help you to grow in your faith. Let's all stand tonight.